To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You know, practically and legally, we have the imbrication of interim housing and policing. And when we look at these things in concert, you know, that is what that, that is homelessness policy. Homelessness right. policy is not the is not homeless services. It's the apparatus that contains both, you know, the so-called services and police. I think too when we look at the outcome of that massive eviction, seven people are dead, half are missing, some are shuffling through this system that has no end because there is not enough permanent housing. When we look at that outcome, I I think we have to sort of understand, you know, the purpose of a policy is the result of of the policy. It's not the PR for the policy, right? So the result for unhoused people isn't housing. It's destabilization. It's banishment. It's containment and soft incarceration. And it's slow and quick death. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking I have this I have a friend empty who lives outside. Right. And they say like the services aren't for like the policies aren't for unhoused people. They're for housed people and politicians. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that's a really profound insight. Like who does homelessness policy serve? And that is also sort of what I was trying to answer in my piece that like if this if the purpose of the policy is the result of the policy, then like, why, like, why would we do this to people? Who does it actually benefit? Um, And that's also like, you know, and that's sort of the other side of what I was writing about. No, absolutely. And I think that's such an important point. I mean, these, these sort of frameworks that we that we've been talking about, right? Like when you hear people uh, who are selling them to the public, right, they they will call them safe, secure, managed environments. And I think that is one of the most sort of clear and euphemistic demonstrations of actually what they're supposed to do, right? Which is that it's safe and secure, not for the people that are being managed in these managed environments, but it projects the sort of perception of safety that like, you know, white picket fence America prefers for the homeowners in the neighborhood who are having their space visually cleared of the things that they don't want to look at, which are not things, but actually people. Right. And so much mm-hmm. of the sort of sweep language is about, oh, well, there's all this stuff here that we have to. It's a fire hazard. This is an accessibility mm-hmm. problem. This is like blocking walkways. This is a public health concern. We have to get all this stuff here. And, it, you know, it reduces people to this kind of secondary concern and like really strips some of their humanity. And I think this is also really well exemplified with this interesting sort of legal construction that I had not heard of before I read your piece, which is um, you wrote that basically when given entry to interim housing, unhoused people are forced to sign a contract saying that they are a participant and must testify that no tenancy is created in their acceptance of this interim shelter. Mm -hmm. It's not an offer for shelter, but it's an eviction for public space that comes with this like consummate stripping of rights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I really wanted to point to this state of rightlessness, both indoors and outside that is produced when you're an unhoused person. So when you're unhoused, it's like you fall out of the category of citizen and you fall out of the category of quite literally. Human, though. Yeah. Of, yeah. And you fall under out of the category of human. So there are all of these new um 
I think that we should really study these new kinds of legal language, like what violences are being automated by being a participant in a program rather than a tenant. Mm. Well, obviously one is eviction, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't have access to the court proceedings that have been won by the historic efforts of the tenant movement, right? To carve out of landlord rights tenants' rights, right? There is no such thing actually as, so now I think I would go back to that one-on-one piece and update that section on tenant rights because there is no such thing as tenant rights. Legally speaking, tenant rights are just carve-outs from landlords' rights, from Mm -hmm. property-owning rights. So, but when you're called a participant, right, you are denied even that process. Um, And so the, the violence, right, the kind of rightlessness that is being automated in that legal determination is, I think, really important to look at and study because similarly, it matches the that and that's the kind of rightlessness that you have indoors. You are a participant. You can be subject. You know, one of the person that I follow throughout this piece says you're in their hands. They can do to you what they want. And I think that that rightlessness is mirrored with the rightlessness that people experience when they're outside, that, you know, there are all these incredibly discriminatory laws that are applied based on police discretion to determine, you know, who can sit, lie and rest in public space. Right. And so the the right to sit, the right to occupy space is denied to unhoused people and policed, you know, we deputize police to make discriminatory determinations on who deserves the right to sit in public space. 